In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat? We're in the middle of this cool series that, uh, that we dreamt up, and it's a series where we're looking at your world. Your world, your people, the people around you, your family, your workplace, and what it looks like to be a Christian in that environment. What it looks like to believe in God and, and to live that out, not just here on a Sunday morning, but actually Monday to, to Saturday, what it looks like to be a Christian in your world. And, and so the first week... We had, uh, we had Greg Wells, who um, was an amazing part of this community, part of this church, and also started Calamana Christian School, and it was great to hear from him as we focused on education, what faith looks like in the education world. And, and last week, we were incredibly blessed to have via a live stream, we had Craig Winkler, the, the, the founder um, of Myob, and just an incredible, all-round, humble, great guy. Uh, this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we were looking at what we could do for arts. This week is arts and how we could incorporate that into our service. So you might have noticed our service was a little bit different to start off with, just to leave that creative space. But I found this interview, or me and Dad found this interview, and we just couldn't go past it. And it's this, this guy called Jerry Lorenzo, and he lives in LA. He's a fashion designer. And, uh, and he started out in LA... Um, as a party planner, and he started planning parties for people like Kanye and, and all the big names in LA. And he was a Christian when he went into that, but he found going into that world and starting his label, his fashion label, that there was this big tension between his faith and his gifting. And it got to the point where he, he strayed away a bit and he struggled a bit. Um, and then he came across this idea and just had this revelation um, that his faith wasn't what limited him from being in the fashion industry. His faith empowered him and enabled him and gave a Holy Spirit edge to what he was doing. And so he had, a, had an encounter with God and, and got his life back on track. And he created this brand called Fear of God. And it's, it's a high-end fashion brand. It's um, you know, right up there. People like Justin Bieber and, and, and Kanye and, and all the big names you can think of. Um, he's able to work with them and, and just be in their world as a firm, strong Christian. And uh, he's able to meet them where they're at. And so we thought we'd show this interview. It was uh, done at Hillsong in New York City. Um, and it goes for about 15 minutes. So I hope you enjoy it. Why don't you look to the screens? I know that all things that that are were first in God. In this fourth collection, I can no longer hide behind a conversation. It has to be a statement. Fear of God is not it's not a streetwear brand. It's not a men's contemporary or a designer brand or, or even a Christian clothing line for that matter. It's denim, it's fabrics, it's nylon, it's bombers. 
but it's his hand and it's his grace that are on it. This is God's brand. I had praying parents that covered me since I was a kid. And this is the product of their obedience. Can y'all give it up for Jerry Lorenzo? who literally woke up like this. <laughs> the unofficial coolest guy I've ever seen in my life. Most people have to try, but you literally were graced by God just to wake up cooler than everybody. Um, your brand, you, you're humble, carry it well. I'll let everybody know, fear of God um, has changed the game. I like to describe you as somebody where the grace of God kicked the door open in the fashion industry and you walk right in and took the whole building. And if you think about your brand and what's going on with it and how many people are um, kind of being inspired and, and, you know, Justin Bieber obviously picked up the stuff on the tour. Um, you can't get your stuff anywhere. It's like released and then it's gone. It's like God's grace has breathed on this. Did you ever think coming from where you came from? And you've always been a Christian, right? Never smoked, never drank, never sinned. <laughs> Did you ever think that God's grace would bring you here? Um, I, I, I never thought that God's grace would bring me here through this uh, platform of clothing. Um, but I always felt a heavy responsibility to live unashamed. And whether that platform was clothing, whether that was sports or baseball, I grew up in a baseball family. I knew that my responsibility was to let his light shine through everything that I, that I touch. You know, I think oftentimes in, in Christendom, we leave some areas or some spheres, shout out to Joel LaBelle for this whole idea, by the way. We leave some lanes of life unoccupied or left for dead. Some people would say the fashion industry, it's the devils, it's dark, we stay away from that. Men like you, maybe some dreamers out here, believe that there is no street in this world that we should not be occupying with the light of the gospel. Now, you are a dad, an amazing husband, have a phenomenal family, and you love Jesus with all your heart. Is it possible to keep your soul and to keep your faith in that dark world? Is it possible? I mean, it's, it's impossible not to. You know, I mean, I tried it um, without God being... Um, the head and nearly lost all the phenomenal things you just mentioned that I that I have in my life um, and you know fear of God is not it's not a clothing brand it's a it's a conviction you know it's an idea and that conviction can live uh, through furniture can live through whatever it is we can think up you know I, I think fashion just happens to be the platform for us to, to, to tell the story of God's grace. And, you know, when I say, hey, 
this is God's brand. I'm not saying that in a in a way of um, in a way of uh, boastful or um, this brand is more important than anything. Uh, Hebrews three four says that you know for for every house has a builder, but the creator of all things is God. So if you have a brand, then that's God's too, you know. And I'm just gonna give him the the glory for for what he's given me and whether that comes through you know whether that comes through jeans or footwear or whatever it is may, whatever it may be um i i i know what my talents are i know what my gifts are um but even more than that i i, I know where god meets me to help these things come to life and i know that it's impossible without him so to do anything without him um, just doesn't even, I can't even comprehend it. Phenomenal answer. After this is over, can I have your bandana? Um, Actually, this is vintage and no, you cannot have this. All right, All right thanks for coming out. Um, what's it like when you see somebody with your, with your stuff on, like your clothes, you see uh, somebody in the street with your shoes, like what's that feeling like? I've always wondered that, like when you're a designer, you pull your heart and soul into this and you're walking around and you see somebody, do you like, do you always hug them? Like, I would, I'd be like, ah, you know, friends, you know. I'm like, I mean, sometimes I kind of want to fix it a little bit, like, ah, uh, maybe you should, you know. Not really wearing it right, let me, you know. Um, you know, at, at first it was like super, like it's this really weird feeling of just humbleness of like how good God is. And it's, it's hard to really explain. And then after you get used to it and you start walking in harmony with God, it's just like a dance. It's like a rhythm. It's like, okay, God, I know you gave me that. I see it. Okay. You know, what's next? You know, it's like you're, you're, you, you start to think of things and you already know what it's going to do in the market. You know, when he puts these, you know, I hate to say ideas, or he just puts these things inside of you. You know, I mean, everything that I do with fear of God is we borrow from the past. You know, this is just my favorite pair of Levi's with the most perfect holes and distressing ever. Like, how do I modernize that? You know, this is just a army boot you've seen, but, you know, how do I make that? They're kind of not. They're suede awesomeness. <laughs> but, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm putting all these brand new ideas out and I'm so conceptual because that's not who I am and that's, you know, I'm not trying to do this for that type of glory. That's awesome. I, you're, in, you're in this world where, you know, by the grace of God, you, you've been in some circles where I'll, I'll be surprised if any other Christian set foot in those rooms with some of these, these people that, you know, this brand has, you know, I guess opened up doors in that regard. What's it like out there? Are, are people, um, you know, are they, are they open? Are they closed? Do you, find you, do you find you get around people and there's avenues to share the gospel? What's that like? Because a lot of people would see the Instagram of what your life is like, but we all know there's something behind that. There's been a road there. What's it really like when you get to a place where you, you know, the fashion world's broken, people are hurting. What do you see when you get in there? Do you see people that are open? Um, I think everybody's open, and I think that's why the responsibility is so heavy. You know, it's so heavy. When I first started, 
and I grew up as in a, in a Christian home and I had these Christian beliefs and I wanted to do something and I, and I felt it would be so empty to make cool clothes for the sake of just making cool clothes and I wanted to, to give you something that would feed you on a higher level than just feeling good that you got some dope gear on. And um, even though I had that belief, I didn't have that like conviction, conviction. And it wasn't even really until recently when I, I, I totally came to the end of myself and realized that there's no way I can do this without God. You know, and I, and I came to the like end in like this close, you know, like where it was like, wow, like put your, stop promoting yourself. Stop, no one cares about Jerry Lorenzo. Let, let me open the doors for you. Focus on me. And, and, and when I began to like focus on him, it's like all these things just kind of like fell my way. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to say that and for you to get confused that worldly success somehow equals significance because the, the, the greatest and the greatest, the greatest of these is a servant, you know, and the, the greatest of these is a servant. And so in, in what Brant was talking about, the most important sphere in the kingdom and the, the kingdom sphere, what, what are you doing here that is impacting the kingdom? You know, what are you doing for the least of these? You know, and I, and so I don't want to, hey, his life is good, his brand is doing good, and he loves God, and that's obvious because his brand is good, but if I can't sell another pair of jeans tomorrow, I don't want that to affect how I praise God, you know? You're a preacher, too. You know, believe it or not, you have, you have some things in common with my pastor, Brian Houston. You know, swagger, style, and the fact that, you know, Brian's always refused to choose conformity and he's rejected and always gone with creativity because sometimes when you get successful or you get momentum much like Judah spoke about safety is a temptation you always just go on the other way even if you get some rhythm or something gets traction you're like that's cool but I, I don't want to just do what's been done I want to keep stepping out in faith how do you do that because it would be so easy to settle and almost sell out because you've won but you are still believing for more how do you keep that kind of faith Man, I think I'm just blessed, man. Like, I have, like, I'm, I was a stock boy at Diesel. Like, I wasn't cool enough to work on the sales floor. Like, I didn't find that hard to believe. Man, that's the reality. You know, I, I didn't have the swag they were looking for. And, you know, I, I came into fashion with the ignorance. I didn't realize that I had to release collections on calendar. I just put it out when it was ready. So, you know, it's like... Yo, Makes here's, sense. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is, this is my proposition. This is what I have to offer. And I think there's been some ignorance of ha of the industry, which has enabled me to be free within it. Um, and, and the convictions that I have that, you know, with a Christ centered team, you know, my, as with Christ being the head, the brand communication is Christ centered. Every, I got my product manager here is, is a believer. So once all those things are in line, you, that's what your focus is on. And so I think by default, maybe we're like opening new doors and doing new things and not conforming, but um, that's just because we're staying in line and, and moving instinctually and, and, and through our convictions and not by 
you know, a fashion calendar that is trying to control you. Let's leave with this. Every, everybody has a theme to their life, whether they like it or not, or whether it's intentional or not. As Christians, we can choose it. What's your theme? Is your, your anchor, the anchor is your soul, the scripture, a thought. Um, how do you define what represents who you are? Man, I, I think, uh, I can't think of his name, but like the guy that was uh, here before, I mean, I, I was a party promoter in LA. Um, had my battles with alcohol, had my battles with everything else that comes with that. Um, my theme is that I want my life to be what impacts people. And I, I'm fearful that my legacy could be in something as material as cool shoes and, and denim. You know, I, I want my life to be what encourages you to live like Jesus, what encourages you to seek him every day the way that I love my wife, the way that I love my kids, the way that I live my life. And so, um, and right now I'm just, I, I'm, I, I wanna live for him and I could care less about fashion. Um, and the only thing I care about is the kingdom and that's the only sphere that is important to me. We're proud of you, we're proud of what God's doing with you, and the best is yet to come, no doubt. Jerry Lorenzo, ladies and gentlemen. How good is that? Something a little bit different, but I thought it's a good little shake-up to look at how something as materialistic as the fashion world could actually be influenced by the kingdom of God, that that's not off-limits, that actually we're called to also be in those areas, in those dark places, as, as the light of God. I want to talk to you this morning and continue this message of your world. And really, my hope and my prayer is that you just be encouraged, that you'll be encouraged to go out and, and look at the potential and, and look at the giftings that you have and, and be able to say, like, how can I use that? How can I be a light to the people around me? And many of you already are, but let's, let's as a church be with the mentality of how can we take that to the next level? And so um, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Holy Spirit, God, I just want to, again, open this up to you. God, would you just move in this place? And Lord, would the message that I preach be the message that you want people to hear this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So I love Christmas, but I also love the fact that it's just one season. Like it just comes and goes and you can sort of look back on it and it's like nice and, and you can get on with your life. And there was this one moment in Christmas where we were handing out presents and, and who knows that once you hit like 18 and then for the rest of your life, presents are just about kids and the kids get the cool presents and you're hyping up Christmas and for some reason, we still tell our kids that Santa's real. I mean, Santa's real. And, and kids open these presents, right? And they get so excited. And I was watching my nephew open a present, right? And he... He opened, we were just going crazy and, and opening presents and we weren't keeping track of it. And he opens up this helmet. And so he's got this helmet and he's really excited. So he chucks it on and he's like, this is awesome. This is great. Like, I'm loving this helmet. And he's, he's like, I don't know if it's fake or if he genuinely liked the helmet. But the whole point of the helmet was for a bike he didn't yet have. And so he was wearing it and, and we sort of like, you know, noticed this. And, and by the time we noticed this, we're thinking, you don't even, you don't even know what that's 
useful for yet. We've got to go get the bike. So we go bring in the bike, and it's this big red bike, and he's loving it, and he's excited. And, and all of a sudden, he realizes why he's got the helmet. It's not just a helmet for the purpose of having a helmet, but it's a, per- a helmet with the purpose of being able to use it on a bike. And I think as Christians, or maybe even not even just as Christians, but in the world, we can look at one part of this big picture and think that's it. And this morning as we focus on creativity, something creativity in the kingdom, something I'm really passionate about, something that I think is so important to the way we do church, I think the world can look at creativity and giftings and skills as the helmet. But little did I know that there's a bike coming that makes a whole lot more sense to have that gift. And, and all of a sudden, when you use that gift, when you use that skill, when you use that creativity in unison with the kingdom of God, then all of a sudden it unlocks this whole new purpose for us. And so what I want to preach about and my message for today, if you're taking notes because I like titling my messages, is the seventh hand. I'm going to read from uh, Exodus 31, 1 to 12 from the NIV. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, All right, you're going to have to help me out with names here. See, I have chosen Bazalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for the work in gold and silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have anointed another one, Apholiab, Apholiab, son of Ahizamak, Ahizamak, it's good, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given the ability to all skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of the meeting, the ark of the covenant law, with the atonement cover on it and all of the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of the burnt offering and its utensils, the basin with its stand and also the woven garments, both sacred garments for Aaron and the priests and the priests and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrance and fragrant incense for the holy place, they are to make them just as I commanded you. And I love this passage because it's, it's in Exodus, and it's one of the first times we see humans, mankind, being not only just creative, but decreed by God to be creative in the way that they build the kingdom. See, this is building... The, the tabernacle. This is building the meeting place with God. This is where they would, they would do everything right. Everything had to be in the right order. Everything had to be as described by God. God literally gave out a list and measurements and, and, and things like that for them to build this meeting place. And they would have to go through the right rituals and, and be pure and be clean before they could enter and meet with God. And then hundreds of years later, God came and died on the cross so that we can have a relationship with him. We don't need a temple or a church or a or a tabernacle, but the kingdom of God all of a sudden isn't just in a tabernacle, but it's in our hearts, and, and all of a sudden we become that meeting place. And so I look at this verse and I think that maybe this is a decree from God to, to, to say how can we be creative as the kingdom of God? How can we be creative 
within ourselves? How can, how can we use the gifts that God's given us to be creative? See, I believe that we are made in the image of God, right? We're made in this image of God. And, and you look at the story of, of Genesis and God goes through creating the world and, and up until that point, up until the creation of man, all we know of God is that he is this creative being. We look at the world he's created and we're in awe. We couldn't, we couldn't replicate it. We couldn't make it ourselves. And then we're introduced as man and made in that image of what we know of God so far. And so I believe that as human beings, and especially as Christians, we're called to be creative people, to be creative beings, to be people with an edge of creativity to us. Now, I want to go into some, um, some cool theology that I learned um, in my time at Bible college. Because I, I believe when you, when you understand this, you understand why there's so many ways of doing things and, and the Bible goes in so much depth about the details of the tabernacle and, and things like that. The temple was built, so in, in Exodus 26, in the instructions of how to build the temple. The temple was built with measurements. But the problem is that the, back then they didn't have measurements of, of rulers or you know, laser pointers or anything like that. They didn't have tape measures. They didn't, they didn't have that. They didn't have units of measurement. All they had was their hand. And so the instruction to build the original tabernacle was given in this thing called cubits. And it's called the cubits a cubit of a man's hand. And so basically, one cubit equals six handbreadths. So I need class, partici class participation here. So everyone put out your left hand. And what you're going to do is this is a handbreadth. The point from this point to that point is one handbreadth. And so you're going to start here. Start at the edge of your fingers. And you're going to measure out six handbreadths. So one, two... Three, four, five, six. Now, unless you're weird or, or you didn't do it right, you should end up at the crease in your arm. You should end up at that point there. And that's a cubit of a man's hand. That's the cubit of a man's hand. So you know six of these equals one cubit. And, uh, and the rabbis used to call that part of your arm the... I've got to get this right... I've got to get this right, because if I'm going to theology, you've got to get it right. The mother of the, man's, the mother of the hand. So because it gives birth to everything man creates, because it gives birth to everything man's, man creates, this is the mother of the hand, the mother of the, the man, really. And so we look at everything that we've created, everything from the point of, of the Garden of Eden up until now, Everything that we created with our hands, with our minds, came from those hands, those measurements. You know, all of these technological advances came from the hands that God created. All of these crazy things, the fact that we're sitting in an air-conditioned room on an, a 40-degree day is because of these hands, because of the hands that we were created, um, the way we were created in the image of God. And, I, like, the, the amount that man is created is phenomenal. And so from the time of Jesus to the time of Leonardo da Vinci, it took that much time, 1,500 years, for knowledge to double. 1,500 years for all of the knowledge in the world to double. And then the next time it doubled, it only took 250 years. 
And then the next time after that, it only took 50 years. And, and by the 1960s, knowledge doubled in just 10 years. In the 1980s, it took just two years for knowledge to double. In the 1990s, it took 18 months. And, and now in the, two th- in the 2000s, it's six months knowledge doubles. And, and the most recent study of knowledge says that every three months, all of the knowledge in the world doubles. Every three months, everything we once knew three months ago, we know this, like a, a double portion of that. We know 200% of that. The creative potential that we have, the creative ability that God's gifted us, that he's skilled us, that he's placed in us is phenomenal. The mother of the, of, of the arm gives birth to it. And I, I believe that we're able to do this because way back in the Garden of Eden, we were made in the image of God. We were made in the image of the Creator. And, and all of the complexities in, in the world, things like splitting atoms, the fact that we can go to space, the fact that you've got the more powerful technology in your pocket than they did on the first um, spaceship to go to the moon, all of that came from... The, the mother of the arm, the, the, the man's hand, the cubit of, um, of the man's hand. But I think that's only one part of it. I think there's, this, there's skill and, and there's all of that. That's one part of it. But what I want to get to this morning is that we can have that skill and there's people outside of, of the, the kingdom of God that are creative and able to explore that. And, and there's, there's this verse in 1 John uh, 15, sorry, John 15, 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches and without me you can do nothing. Now, what, I know that your mind immediately goes to the fact that people are surviving without Jesus now. But I think the point of that verse is not that we can do nothing, but we can do nothing eternally good. We can do nothing spiritually good. We can do nothing of creativity that will last beyond our own lives. We can do nothing in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God. We can do nothing that actually means more than just where we are now. See, your world isn't just about here and now, but your world is about the legacy you leave through the innovations, through the the work of your hands. So in order for us, in order for gifted artisans to build a new meeting place with God as as we are building the kingdom of God the same way that Moses built the tabernacle. In order for us as artisans to do that, we have to be filled with the Spirit of God. We have to be filled with the Spirit of God. What I love about that interview is the fact that Jerry Lorenzo again and again places God at the center of his brand. It's he clearly says it's nothing without God. It's, it's, it's nothing without God. It's just fabric without God. But there's something about God breathing through it and God gracing it that gives it an eternal purpose. It gives it an actual foundation, not just in our world, but in the spiritual world. It builds the kingdom of God on earth. I want to say today that, you know, people like Jerry are incredible people. But there's the same God that lives through us, the same creativity, the same seed of creativity that lives in us. And, you know, just because he's in the fashion world doesn't mean he's any more creative than each and every person sitting here. See, we are all made in the image of God. 
Creativity isn't just for the worship team or, or for the people who do foyer designs or for the people that you know, do graphic design or work in the arts industry. Creativity and innovation exist through all of us. Craig Winkler last week innovated his, his title at Myob for 11 years was Chief Innovation Officer. And that's in the business world. And so I wonder how can we be gifted in the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God in our world. It's not just a thing for creatives but, or for typical creatives, but we are all creatives where we are. I want to read you this next verse because this is really where it touches home. It's Ezekiel 43.12. And, and by this stage, the original temple, um, they, they needed to rebuild the temple. And so in the same way, God gives the command and he gives the measurements. But there's something different about this one. It says, Ezekiel 43.12 says, This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be, my, will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. And, and, and God says it twice there as like a, a verily, verily, like a, a, an emphasis on the point. This is the law of the temple. And so as, as God's describing how to build this new temple, how to build this new meeting place, he decides to make some modifications to it. He, de- he decides to change the measurements a little bit. And so instead of being one cubit, instead of being six handbreadths, the instruction is a long cubit. Now, if you don't know what a long cubit is, it's this new measurement that God created, and what it is, is it's six handbreadths, and then one more on the end. It's the seventh hand. And, and if you know anything about that analogy that God's creating there, what he's saying is, all right, you can do six by yourself. Six is the number of man, but I want you to go to seven. I want to put you in a place where your hands can't do that work anymore. See, there's a, there's a Holy Spirit edge when we rely on God for that creativity, for that innovation. When we rely on God to flourish the gifts inside of us. There's something that's different about someone that's filled with the Holy Spirit and acting creatively than someone who's just in the world and acting creatively. I am the vine and you are the branches and without me you can do nothing. See, I think Jesus there is emphasizing the point of the new temple. He's saying that without me, without that seventh hand, You can't get to a long cubit. You can't make it to a long cubit. And so this morning, I want to challenge you and, and, and encourage you. Are you using old measurements with your creativity, with your gift? With what God's placed inside of you? Because each and every one of us is gifted in this place this morning, whether you know it or not. Are you using old measurements? Are you using a normal cubit? Are you using a cubit and a handbreadth? Are you using a cubit and a handbreadth more than your capacity will enable you to do to the point where you have to rely on God? You know, we built an awesome youth ministry here over the past three years. And if it's proved anything, it's, proved, it's proven that through relying on God, God's going to do something. See, we were all 17 and 18 when we started this youth ministry. We knew nothing. I didn't want to be in youth ministry at that age. And so we decided to build this youth ministry. And again and again, it just came back to surrendering to God, to, to, to acknowledging the fact that, you know, without Him, it's nothing. 
Without God, it's nothing. Without God, we can't do this. And so in that point of relying on God, God begins to breathe on everything you touch. God begins to breathe on those messages that you preach that you know are terrible, but somehow there's still young people responding. God begins to breathe in those, mess, in those conversations with young people where you don't have the answer, but you're just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill them and to guide them. And all of a sudden, they have this awesome testimony of how the Holy Spirit's touched them. When you're pushing your self to the end of your gift when you're enabling God to breathe through it. That's when you have this Holy Spirit edge to your gift. As builders of the kingdom, as people that are, that are building the kingdom right here, can I have the keys up here? Our job, much the same as it is in Moses' time, is to make sure that everything we do Every way we use our gift, whether our gift is in business or, or, or our creative gift is in, I know, being a barista, how is God breathing through that? How are we relying on God to expand that? How are we relying on God to bring that to the foreground? I love the fact that Jerry's life is his testimony. He doesn't write verses or anything on his clothes. I mean, occasionally he'll chuck a worship song as his promo video for his collection, but that's really it. It's his life. It's, and, and people watch fashion designers and things like that, but there's something different about Jer Jerry that's not about this look at me, look at me thing. It's always been look at God. As we begin to be artisans in the kingdom, building the kingdom, allowing for creativity, allowing God to be that seventh hand, you watch and see how your life becomes your testimony. Your life becomes the way that people know there's something different about you. We're going to come into a time of communion now. If the helpers can hand it out, that would be great. And if we could have the rest of the band up. You know, I... Um, I was going to just speak over this and like encourage you with communion, but I mean, basically, communion is just representing this new covenant with God, this new relationship we have with God. The bread being symbolizing the body of Christ and the wine being the blood, and it just helps us remember that, you know, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for a relationship with us. And, and through that, He's not just done with us from that point, He wants to keep working through us. So I just want to leave this open, this space open right now for you just to sit and dwell on that and dwell on the grace God's given you. Dwell on the gift, the way that God can sharpen you and, and breathe through you, the way you can be that seventh hand. And then we'll pray and, and we'll take it together once we've prayed.
Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this new promise, this new covenant you have with us, us that you died so that we could just enter in relationship with you. And God, thank you that it doesn't finish there, but God, that you're working through us, that you've graced us for works of building the kingdom, to be artisans of the kingdom of God, to be skilled craftsmen, architects and visionaries of, of what this kingdom could be, God. God, I pray that through this communion right now that people would have a sense of tugging on their heart for going further, for trusting, for you, trusting in you, God, sharpening their gifts and having a Holy Spirit edge to their creativity. Thank you that we are made in your image, in the image of the ultimate creator, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And Father, thank you that you've enabled us to outwork our creativity, that the complexities of the human brain just enable us to grow and develop and, and double exponentially faster, God. Thank you for that, God. But we also acknowledge that if it wasn't for you, all of that would be for nothing. And God, we proclaim that over our lives, that our gifts belong to you. Our gifts are for your kingdom, God. Our gifts and skills and our creativity and our thoughts, God, they belong to you. And God, help us to see how we can use them to build the kingdom here on God, here on earth, God. Father, thank you for your grace for us. Thank you for your love for us. And Lord, I pray that as we eat and as we drink, that your Holy Spirit would just fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. And thank you that when that happens, God, new creative ideas spark, new visions spark, new hope sparks, new love sparks, new ideas spark, God. I, I pray that that happens right here in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink. Hey, we've got something cool happening today. Um, two of our very own young people have made the decision themselves to, to get baptised. And, and if you're not sure what baptism is, it's just the next step in relationship with God. It's not because of ritual, because of anything like that. It's because we acknowledge that we have to put God in the centre of our lives, at the head of our lives. And baptism is just a public indication, a symbol of that, and, and we do it because Jesus told us to, and that's a good enough reason for me. So I'm going to hand over to these guys as they make their way into the water. Uh, Ivan and Jess and Ellie, take it away, guys.